really going on with y'all? This is Shay coming back at y'all with another episode of the Emmaus Proposition. Man, I hope everybody doing good, man. I'm just sitting here chilling, thinking about y'all, thinking about um, Jesus, man, and what he means to me, what he means in my life, and really thinking about and trying to trying to formulate how I want to approach this topic of aliens. <laughs> Yo, so I wanted to come to y'all with this because I... I mean, there's a there's a lot to be said for this topic, right? Like, there's there's some crazy folks out there that believe all kind of uh, crazy stuff, man. There's some there's some conspiracy theories that make you scratch your head, and you're like, mm, maybe, maybe. Um, and then there's just there's stuff that you're like, man, I I see it, I get it, so. Wanted to talk to y'all about that, and I'm sure some of y'all are thinking, like, how in the world are we going to talk about aliens on the Emmaus proposition? Like, isn't, how are aliens going to lead us back to Christ? Come on, Shay, really? But here we go. This is what we're going to talk about today. Because, man, this is something that has been, I want to say it's been ruminating in my, in my brain since I was a little kid, man. Like, I, I grew up loving sci-fi films where it talked about like space and life on other planets and, and different stuff like that right so when i was a when i was a young lad i think i i think y'all i hipped y'all to this on one of my other episodes talking about star wars my grandma introduced me to the realm of sci-fi uh in particular star wars where it's these tales of like stories that happened long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? And just just kind of fell in love with, with the genre, man. Fell in love with um, just the idea that there was something else out there. So kind of grew up with those thoughts, right? And then, you know, becoming a Christian, like seeing how other people handle the topic like there's some people that get so offended that um when you talk about something like aliens or or space or anything like that like they get they get so offended and so bent out of shape and they're like man if you if you believe that you can't be a christian and i'm just like i i just don't see how that's true but we gonna work with it we gonna jive with it we gonna rock with it and we gonna get it going out here on the emmaus proposition Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, yo, here's my first thing that I want to bring up, right? As I look at culture and society, right? Especially, like, some of the historical places. If you've ever watched one of those History Channel programs where they talk about, like, the, the pyramids and different stuff like that. Um, how the pyramids... They seem to be like otherworldly in construction. Like how could how could pyramids that are built in Egypt have a similar architectural style to pyramids that are built in South America and uh India and just different different places like that, right? And I'm not 
I'm not saying that uh, people didn't build the pyramids. Like, I, I can't say that. Uh, I think the ancients were more clever and uh, more industrious than we are today. I think their their imagination allowed them to do more uh, than what we could do today. See, like, our imaginations are so stunted, man, because anything we want to see, we can see. Like, nothing is left to the imagination anymore. Um, as you look at the way, like, some people don't even read books anymore. So, like, when I when I put out my first book, I had so many people ask me, so, like, when you're putting out the audio, I'm like, I'm... <laughs> I don't want to do an audio <laughs> because I want people to read it. Um, I might, I might still do an audio, but still it was like, I don't know. There, there's something like, instead of people imagining what my voice sounds like, they want to, they want to actually hear what my voice sounds like. Or, um, there's some people that, uh, they won't, they won't read like a Harry Potter book. They won't read a Aragon. They won't read some of the Star, Star Trek Star Wars, they won't read, um, you know, they they won't read all these things. They'd rather go and watch the movie. And I, and I think like once, once a movie is put out on a particular thing, it, it kind of cancels out your imagination on what that looks like in your own mind. And so the ancients obviously didn't have movies the way we do. They didn't have those kind of forms of entertainment. So their imagination, I feel like was limitless. So uh, I, I feel like they can imagine like doing some of these like mega projects in a way that we couldn't like we we rely too heavily on our technology and stuff like that. So anyway, that's that's not the argument I'm making. I don't think they were necessarily built by space aliens and stuff like that. Um, but here's the thing. As you look at some of the inscriptions on some of the gods they drew on, on the inside of some of those temples, how they had uh, like half humanistic features and half animalistic features. So like if you look at like the Egyptian gods, you got some gods that have um, they'll have like an eagle head and a humanoid body. Or uh, you look at the god of Dagon. Dagon had uh, a human torso and head and a fish body or you look at some of the uh, the deities that are in uh like the 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 ancient mayans and uh the incas and stuff like that as they as they drew like these otherworldly figures all around the world they have like this mix of the animalistic and the humanistic right and as we look at descriptions of like cherubim seraphim and and uh different creatures like that they kind of have these descriptions that they are like some kind of mix of, of humanistic and animalistic. Like if you look at um, some of the descriptions of some of those angels in the book of Revelation, they got like a, like a, like a four headed, a four faced head of animals and a human face. It's like Manny faces from He-Man. <laughs> they got like, a bear and an eagle and and some other animal I forget what it was, and then um, and in a kind of a humanoid body. And so here's my here's my summation. And and yo, check this out. Nothing I talk about today is going to be like official doctrine or anything like that. Like this this is just for fun. This is just some of the thoughts that I've had throughout the course of my life. Um, 
but that makes sense to me that I'm just having fun with, okay? I don't want y'all getting all out of shape like I I got new doctrine that space aliens exist and there's a there's a new way to God and it's through these aliens or there's a there's a different means of salvation. Ain't ain't none of that. The the only way to salvation is through Christ and Christ alone. And and you'll see here in a little while, like I'm a, I'm gonna weave my way through what that looks like. Cause I don't I don't think there's salvation in any other name other than Christ. And so but as we look at these descriptions, here's my theory. I think some of these things that we see as like space visitors or aliens or whatever you want to call them, uh, unidentified walking <laughs> beings <laughs> or hovering, depending on depending on your view of what these aliens look like, right? Um, I think they're actually fallen angels. I think these are interdimensional beings that kind of shift through our time and space, um, through a, a different realm that we don't have immediate visuals of. Um, and so that's why, that's why we see them, um, something like Bigfoot or something like that, right? Yeti people have seen these things and they, and these people, like if you take their accounts, they don't all seem crazy. There's some folks that have been moonshining it for a little too long and, uh, you know, they, they just got, they got their stories, right? But there's some folks that are like, no, this, this is an actual thing that happened to me. And I, and I have no explanation for it. I think one explanation that I think would correspond with some, um, with, with some of the Bible, um, is that we have these, these beings that, that have this interdimensionality about them. Like, um, there's angels that as they are warring in the spiritual realm, it has, it has physical effects. It has uh, effects in the material realm. We see that in a, in a couple places throughout the Bible. So it's not that it's not that it's super far fetched to think that there's beings that can, that can shift between our dimension and another dimension. And I think, uh, the ancients, they caught wind of that. They saw these beings, what technology or, or wisdom or whatever else they handed down to them. You know, that's up for debate. But as people have drawn them on the walls and, and tried to explain what it was that they saw, what you see there kind of reminds me of some of the description of fallen angels. And so what that means is, is that Jesus was absolutely correct when he said that there are, there are false prophets that have already gone out into the world, that they're already at work. Um, as you look at the book of Genesis, as uh, the Nephilim looked on the uh, the daughters, I'm sorry, as the it says the the sons of God looked on the daughters of men and found them beautiful, and they gave birth to the Nephilim. And so you had these like these these hybrids of a sort. I think the reason why we don't see, I think the reason why some of the reason why like you see some of the pictures of some of the, like giant bones or you you see like just weird kind of cave drawings and all kind of stuff people were people were seeing stuff like these fallen angels they were seeing these nephilim they were trying to to draw them um just to to kind of categorize their experiences if you will and i think i think an explanation for that is this is this is some of the the alien traffic that that we were seeing right 
because we do have stuff. We have a we have a lot of stuff that, um, like you look at the description of, like, uh, Ezekiel, right? As he's as he's seeing a uh, one of the angels that he saw had like a, a disc inside of a, a spinning disc inside of another spinning disc, and it's hovering there, and and there, there's like all this weird imagery in, in Ezekiel, right? Um, I always thought like that since I read that as a little kid. I remember reading that. Maybe I was like seven, eight years old. I remember reading that. I was like, "Yo, this sounds like a sounds like a spacecraft. Like this this sounds like something otherworldly." And um, the thing has like all kind of eyes on it and stuff like that. And so I'm like, "Yeah, I can see. I can see a description of that where uh, what what the what Ezekiel might have thought were eyes were actually like lights. And you know, is is it that super far fetched? No." Um, are the stories crazy, um, that as we see like, like Navy pilots that are, you know, they're flying over the ocean and they, and they see like these objects that are flying over the ocean and they're trying to catch them and they, they can't catch them. Or, uh, you know, you have pilots that, that see like weird stuff, stuff that defies gravity, stuff that defies the natural law of physics that are flying out there. Could it, could it be that far fetched that people have seen uh, some interdimensional uh, beings that we that we would call aliens because we don't know where they come from, but that actually exist already here. They're already at work. These sons of disobedience, like these, because remember, like when when God kicked Satan out of heaven, right? He took a third of the heavenly forces with him. So the the third of the a third of the angel corps that was following the archangel Lucifer. When God kicked Lucifer out of heaven for his rebellion, or his attempted coup, if you will, um, they're all—he he kicked them down among the people to earth. And it already says like these beings already had these interactions with with human beings. You know what I mean? So um, I think in a way they might continue to happen today. Um, I think that's where you see people seeing some of these things is that they're they're shifting and phasing in and out of um, our dimension and stuff like that. And actually, I think uh, C.S. Lewis, he wrote the Space Trilogy. And in his in the first book of his Space Trilogy, he actually toys around with that idea that these these angelic beings, they exist in like this this in-between phase, like they, they shift in and out of reality. And like, you can, you can kind of see a, a shimmer of them, but if you, if you stare at one place for too long, like it, it, it's not there, but you can, you can feel like this presence in this force. And man, I wish I could shout out C.S. Lewis, man. That, wouldn't that be awesome if I could just shout out C.S. Lewis? If I, if I know he's like, somebody manages an account for him or something like that. They post stuff, online sometimes yo shout out to those folks that still keeping c.s lewis alive man this the space trilogy is helping me as i'm trying to like formulate my brain on some of my writings that i want to do so i'm actually uh writing a book right now where i'm kind of toying around with this idea of how how does this intersection of the cosmic and the biblical like how do they how do they intersect with one another like we're so, I think we're so focused on um, 
the way we we're different from other people. So as I see people do like Christian writings, like we're still, we're still trying to, we're still trying to convince people of the gospel. Like the, <laughs> I mean, I, I get it, man. Like there's some people in this world right now. They don't, they don't even have a clear visual for what the gospel is. Right. And there's, there's a lot of Christians in this world that they can't even articulate what the gospel is. They they can't articulate what's of first importance, that that Christ would live a perfect life according to the scriptures, that he would uh, die according to the scriptures, that he would raise three days later according to the scriptures. And now he's at the right hand of the Father. And the reason he did that was for the propitiation, for the payment of our sin debt. Every time we sin, we're racking up a debt with God. God, knowing he wants to dwell with his people for for eternity, says to them, I don't want you to dwell away from me for eternity. And so I'm sending my son, the scapegoat, the Lamb of God, who who I will put the sins of all my people upon him. Past, present, and future, all of their sins will go upon him. He will pay the debt for their sins because he's the only way that can bear that weight and still live. We, if we had to bear our own weight, would die under the pressure. We we would We would never be able to pay for the cosmic, the cosmicality, whoo, I just said a made up word, the cosmicality of our, of our sins. Like we, we don't know the cosmic effect of our sins, of our individual sins. We don't know the cosmic effect. And when God looks at our sin and he sees the cosmic effect, we would never be able to pay for it within a thousand lifetimes. If we had a thousand lives to give, we wouldn't be able to pay for one of our sins. And Jesus could, though, as Jesus is up on the cross, he's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing. He's not just talking to the, the knuckleheads that were there at the cross. He's talking to this knucklehead, too, that every time I sin, I don't ever understand what I'm doing uh, because the full weight of sin is upon his shoulders. So now when God looks at me, he doesn't look at me, Shay the sinner. He looks at me, Shay the saint. That's kind of got this weird habit of, of still sinning. But man, he's my boy and I love him. Because people can't articulate the gospel, all of our Christian writers, I don't feel like have been freed up to do sci-fi. I think there's a lot of people that write, um, they'll write some, some Westerns. Not to say they're not writing fiction. I just don't feel like they're writing sci-fi. There's a couple here and there, but there's, Yo, there's definitely no, there's a lack of like black authors that are, that are writing Christian sci-fi. And so that's what I want to do. And, and I'm coming from the vantage point, right? Like what if the, what if the return of Christ was cosmic? What if the, because the, the death, I'm sorry, because of the rebellion of Adam and Eve, had cosmic effects like it says sin into the world through one man rebellion has a cosmic effect what if this in the same way the return of christ was cosmic and so trying to think through that sphere man which of quite honestly and like not to mention like i'm not i'm not a um I'm a guy who who believes in like the doctrines of grace. Like I, I don't think people have um, all this all this free will. 
talk about sci-fi, right? Nobody walks outside their door and just says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go fly today and just sprout wings and go for it. Like, people are bound by laws, laws, laws of gravity, laws of uh, thermodynamics, the laws of physics. Like, we, we're, we're bound by these laws. Like, we have to operate within the system. And, and the only one that I can see that, that, that truly has free will is God himself. Now, it's not to say that people don't have choices. It's not to say that people, um, they, that they make choices with, within this like sphere, but they, they have no, they have no ability to operate outside of the laws. <laughs> Side note, it's what's so crazy about people saying, um, that, that Christianity somehow is, is binding and it's, it's oppressive stuff like that right like it's to do the to go against to try to to try to buck against uh established law has consequential effects like people who try to buck against the fact that god is ruling and reigning over everything it's the same as trying to buck against gravity it's it's like jumping off the Empire State Building and say, gravity, I defy you. I don't think you exist. Man, good luck. <laughs> it's like, seriously, good luck. I, I, I don't think that's going to work out well for you. Like there's, gravity is going to have its day. In, in the same way, like God is going to have his day and not just here on earth, man. God is going to have his way cosmically. There's, there's no part of the universe that God doesn't have complete dominion over. Everything in the universe is is under his command. He's he's the one that in one day spoke the universe into existence. Yo, imagine that, man. Like we we're still trying to figure out what's outside of just our immediate Milky Way. Like we <laughs> I know we have like artistic rendering of what some of these things look like. Like I you can find these videos on YouTube where, you know, they're, um, they have, you know, earth is, earth is like, is huge, right? It's this big. And then, uh, they pan out a little bit and they're like, yeah, look how big the moon is. And they, they go through all the planets and they're like, in comparison to the earth, look how big the sun is. And it's like, you can fit a million earths within the sun. And then they're like, well, this is just an average size star. Our sun is just an average size star. Look at all the, look at this mega star and this, this, mega mega star and look at this hyper mega star and they're, they're just like they're going out right and they and they they're looking at these black holes and they're looking at these quasars and this this cosmic these cosmic dust clouds and and stuff like that right and they're like for each star that we see there's a whole um there could be like whole universes that are that are built around it but man the best <laughs> the best that we can do like if you've ever seen the actual footage of what they're talking about it's just little dots they're i mean they they might be colorful every now and then and uh but the 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 pictures that are being sent back there we have no idea what's out there but the bible says god does and in each one of those points of light he has a name for and can call them by name in one day, God spoke those things into existence. And 
they say for every, I heard, I think it was, um, I think I heard that it was Neil deGrasse Tyson who said, um, of the amount of words that a person can utter in their lifetime, they would still have something like a thousand, it would be like a thousand solar systems to every word they could utter in their entire lifetime. Like there, there are so many stars and so many planets, so many galaxies out in the cosmos. We have no clue. We have no idea. And the Bible says God calls each one by name. Yo, man, that is fantastic. And, and the fact that we don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of traction and as far as Christianity, we don't we don't have a lot of traction in the realm of sci-fi, man. I I want to be one of those dudes. Like I, not only am I a person that like leans toward the doctrines of grace, right? I'm also a dude that leans toward. Um, we are living in the millennial kingdom right now. Like all the like the the closest Christian sci-fi that I can think of uh, that's that's been super popular has been the Left Behind series. And the Left Behind series is what uh, helped to put forward this idea of like a, a premillennial, um, a, a premillennial kind of, uh, I, it, the word is escaping me, the premillennial thought of when Christ is coming back, right? Like Christ is going to come back, set up this, this, this millennial kingdom that's going to last for a thousand years. That's what the word millennial means. Um, I think it's soteriology. I'm blanking on words today, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Left Behind is the series that helped to kind of um, push that push that ideology forward, right? Um, and it's this idea that um, we're gonna we're gonna as human beings we're gonna get a second chance. We're gonna have a chance. Like there's gonna be all these signs that are happening throughout the world. Things are gonna be getting worse. Stuff's gonna be happening in Israel. We're going to be getting like red heifers and, and another uh, temple is going to be built. And there's going to be like witnesses, these two witnesses that come on the scene. There's going to be this man that rises up that everybody's going to love. He's going to bring in world peace. And then there's a great deception. And um, once that great deception happens, um, people are going to be taken up into heaven uh, there's going to be like a like a rapture kind of thing where people are going to be left behind that's where the series got its name from left behind there's going to be some people that go up into heaven there's going to be others that are left behind and those ones that are left behind are going to have an opportunity to get their act together and they are going to be able to say oh man those christians were right the whole time uh i think we need to make some changes <laughs> um, and then there's another like three and a half years of peace and then Jesus comes back again and then he leaves again with, with more saints and I think he comes back again with his final kingdom like there's there's that theology right and I, I can honestly say like and I, and I might have described it wrong y'all y'all folks that are premillennial man y'all hit me up because there's, there's so much to it and I know I'm just kind of glossing over it. I'm and I'm making light of the whole thing and some of y'all take it seriously. So I'm not I'm not trying to offend, but I think you're wrong. 
<laughs> I think you, I think you're wrong. I come from this thought, man. Like we are living in the millennial. We're we're living our second chance. This this is the second chance we have, and so the idea that we're going to have all these clues, and um, I've heard some people say that Israel is God's um, time clock that we can base of when He's coming back based on what's happening in Israel and all this other kind of stuff, right? And I, uh, God's Jesus said He's going to come back like a thief in the night. Like there there is no heads up, there there is no warning, there's no pre warning. Uh, and, and, and so writing, I want to write a story on a, on a cosmic scale where that's true, that the, the second coming of Christ is not, you're not going to get a heads up. And so what is that, what does that look like in a, in a world? And yo, let me tell you, creating, creating a whole new culture and society their own languages, their own backgrounds, their own history. Yo, man, it's tough work, man. Like I, I give props to people. Like, like I said, um, I like, I was going to say J.R. Tolkien, but it was actually, I'm sorry. I was going to say C.S. Lewis, but it was J.R. Tolkien who wrote Lord of the Rings. And, and the reason why he, he wrote Lord of the Rings is because he wrote that elven language and then built a story around that elven language. So like, yo, I'm giving him complete props, man. Like having having the mind to create a whole new language. Um, there's some folks that are into Star Trek really hard, and they can speak Klingon. Like I, I've actually had somebody give me like a Klingon phrase, like a, a a greeting or salute or something like that. And it's crazy. Like some folks get into that. So I'm I'm saying like there's people who have a mind like that. I have never really had to exercise that level of creativity. And so diving into like almost uncharted territory and creating something new. Uh, one, I just have an appreciation for artists that can do it. Two, man, I got appreciation for God that did it, right? So like he just spoke things into existence. And and check out like what he spoke into existence like. Like I said, like he created the cosmos. Imagine like speaking a black hole into ex- into existence. Like just just the the creative force behind a black hole or a quasar or that that one right. You have ever seen like the the eye of God? Um, it's like a dust. It's like a space dust cloud. It's called the eye of God. It's it's amazing, right? We got all this stuff that that God did out in the cosmos. But then he started creating like mountains, like the the geological structures, like like the Sierra Nevada mountains. We've got we've got this one structure up in up in Tahoe. Like if you look up toward Lake Tahoe from the valley, there's this there's this mountain range called Mount Rose, and it it actually looks like a woman is laying on top of the mountain so that when it snows, it looks like her hair is, is like draped down the side of the mountain. It's amazing. Uh, if you, if you've ever been to Alaska and seen that mountain range, oh my goodness. If you've ever been to, um, if you've ever been toward the East coast or the, or the Caribbean and looked at the blue water, um, I got a chance to, to be 
in a in an undisclosed island out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, right on the equator, right? And oh my gosh, those those sunsets, the way it hits the water on the equator, on the other side of the planet, it's beautiful. Who would who would think of something that creative? The the way the there's some nights we'll sit out in our yard and because we live behind the mountains, there's still enough sunlight for us to see um, like the outline of some of those mountains or, or you'll see like a cloud, like a form of clouds. And, and, the, and the sun is, it's at, um, it's at dusk. And so it's got this like purplish, like this pinkish purplish orangish glow to it. And it's, and it's all those colors, man. I have, I have no idea what that color is. But it's amazing. And, and to think that there's a creative force behind that, it's awesome. Um, and he didn't stop there. He created volcanoes. And um, he's creating, oh my gosh, these forests. Like if you've ever been to like any kind of rainforest or anything like that. And then, and then he didn't stop there. Like he created like birds of all kind and animals of all kind and and y'all like who would who would think of a duckbill platypus like i i joke about that every now and then like god created a duckbill platypus but who would think of a duckbill platypus who would think of some of these like some of these fish like the box fish or like a catfish who would who would think of like a manta ray Who would who would think of a bald eagle that that has so much strength, man, that it can lift a deer? Who would who would what mind could comprehend this stuff, man? Like orangutans. Who would think of an orangutan? And not not to be outdone by anything, right? God said this stuff is great. I got something better in mind. I'm gonna create people. And y'all like the complexity of the human body to for someone to think that we evolved over time it's a, it's a it's a ludicrous sentiment man like every all the aspects of the human body have to be there all at one time they they're all interdependent upon one another so like the eye couldn't form it had to be made exactly the way it is like when when you hit the go button it all has to work the exact same way. So like you can't have the brain first and then the heart. They both have to be there at the same time in order to function and operate. That doesn't that doesn't mean that things don't develop over time, right? So like we, we start out as as zygotes or whatever, you know. I, I get that. I'm not talking about the, the human development cycle, but I'm, I'm just talking about like those first people, things had to operate right off the bat. There, there is, there can't be any like development over time to, to have the mind that could think that kind of stuff as I'm sitting down to write like sci-fi and I'm, I'm trying to do that like on another planet in another system. I got, I give God props, man. Like I, I just, I'm filled with, uh, with adoration I'm, I'm filled with like man our our god is is just great and um and sci-fi i feel like gives us that opportunity 
to join in to an activity that God that God perfected. And uh, and it's cool. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to continuing to write it, man. I'm I'm not even I'm not even scratching the surface of where I want to go with the story, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty cool project when it's said and done. Um, world world creating and the cosmos and aliens. Um, let me get back to aliens real quick. I know I kind of went off on a tangent a little bit. I just can't help like I can't help the fact that that God is amazing to me, man. And so, um, but some of this alien stuff, right? Like you got, I live here in Nevada. And we drove down to uh, Vegas. Was it last year? Drove down to Vegas last year, and uh, there's all these signs for for Area 51, right? That's the that's the place that's world renowned for um, all of these all these folks that think they have been uh, been taken up by aliens and um, that they've seen some alien activity. This is this is the that's like the central hub all around the world, and there there's some history to to why that is. Um, but I just wonder, like I as I'm sitting here, I'm I'm wondering, what did those people actually see? Like, did those people actually see um, some some demonic forces, especially the ones that are more um, you hear some of the stories about how people felt like they'd been probed or something like that, or they feel like they had their brains scrambled and stuff like that. And it's driven, it's driven people insane. And I'm just thinking through that, like that's, that's not something that a godly force would do. Like granted, like I think if any of us saw the presence of God, our heads would explode. Like I just, I think you see God there, kablooey goes the brain and splattered all over the place and you cease to be kind of thing um matter of fact i think it's like like kid icarus flying too close to the sun like i think you just kind of melt away right that, that's i remember uh <laughs> um what was it indiana jones the the dude that looked on the uh the uh the ark of the covenant it was the raiders raiders of the lost ark and uh he just face melted <laughs> nicholas cage face off <laughs> I think that's what happened if 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 we ever saw God face to face, right? Um but I think these people like something some some kind of force that would drive people to like mutilate themselves or have to commit themselves to an institution like I it just makes me wonder, man, um if we have in in our in our like efforts to be like theologically sound to and in a way so here's here's my other thing like because because science um science has its thoughts about what christianity is and i think sometimes like as christians like we try to prove ourselves through science like too much um, and some of our God-given creativity, we put on the shelf and we say, well, that's, that's kooky. And we need to have some of these more serious conversations. And, um, I think instead of, 
because the science community will look at these people that say they've been abducted and they'll say stuff like you're you're an outcast to society and christians kind of look at them and instead of having grace and mercy and being able to articulate the gospel to people that are that have that have had this experience i think we we leave them we leave them for um for their own devices we leave them to demonic forces that may still be plaguing them um we leave them without explanation that um though you may have had this experience guarantee it was an experience where you saw the living god so you saw something that's driving you away from the presence of god and god doesn't want that for you god doesn't want you to get stuck in your experience but he wants you to experience him like we we don't have that messaging for them right um so we do we need we need more christian some more some artistic um artistic expressive christians that can go into like this sci-fi realm and tell the gospel in a different way like there's there's nowhere there's there's no people group there's no culture or subculture anywhere on earth that we should say uh those people they're too far gone to hear the gospel we need to we need to pull them out of their culture that way we can articulate the gospel to them. That That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, as you go, so you're going to them, you're going to their culture. Um, and as you living among their culture, in the same way that God plucked out his people and put them in Babylon and, and told them, I know the plans I have for you, but first you need to build gardens and take wives and give your sons and daughters in marriage and all that stuff. Be, before I take you out of, before I take you out of captivity, I need those things accomplished first. Um, in the same way, we need to go to some of these cultures and subcultures and say, I'm here to post up and be with you so that I can better understand how to, how to formulate the gospel, the truth of the gospel, the central message of the gospel to your community in a way that it's, it's life-giving and God-glorifying and Christ-exalting. It's it's all for Jesus, man. Um, and so, I don't know what those folks have been through. I don't know what they've seen. Like real talk, I don't I don't know what those folks have seen, but they've seen something that's driving them away from the presence of God. And we need more people that are are going into some of these communities and articulating the gospel in a better way. In the same way, we've got people that they're writing sci-fi novels, man, where. Um, they're not God glorifying. Matter of fact, it's the conversation mostly in some of these sci-fi novels is um, there's no God out here. Um, people make their own reality out here. Re reality is relative even more so out in the cosmos than it is here on earth. Like that's that's the messaging that I see in most sci-fi novels. Like there's there's no articulation of Christ's majesty in the cosmos. And I think in a, in a very large way, man, it's because we don't have more people that are, that are imagining what life is like out in the cosmos and how Christ has dominion even over them. I don't think we do that very well. So we need more of it. Um, we need, 
to have a better articulation on, on what some of these things are that we see here on earth like these aliens and stuff like that man we need to put it in context of the gospel that even if even if those beings are aliens they're still subject to the rule of christ like we need we need more of that man we don't need to 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 put people down with with experiences that they feel like they've had we need to give them a better articulation of the gospel in its stead but man there's so much more i want to talk about man but i'm not going to keep y'all much longer this is a, this is a fun episode man and and definitely y'all are going to hear more about about me writing and stuff like that as as i'm typing that stuff out you're going to hear more about um yeah just about the cosmos and and how to articulate that stuff so man y'all hit me up if y'all want to talk to any through any of that stuff i'm definitely so uh i'm gonna be hanging out with um with my boy this weekend i'm gonna be hanging out with nick this this next weekend and uh we're probably going to be doing some chopping it up um and definitely i'm hanging out with uh with sean and seth too and so we we always have good conversations about the cosmos and about um how how jesus fits into all that stuff and so yo uh shout out to sean um a man uh one third of the drinklings he just got through um doing the audio version of his of his next book y'all look out for that because that's going to be coming out here pretty soon i want to say it's in the editing process but man i'm excited i'm still going through my man seth's book uh his is more of a uh (laughs) it is just just good violence (laughs) but no it's the uh the wolves of uh Corinthia y'all go check that out uh those links are definitely down in the description man I gotta you know I gotta boost the uh the drinklings on this channel but I hope everybody's good man I hope y'all doing good um I think that's these are kind of conversations, man, that I think Jesus would want us to have, like, as he's traveling with his disciples, right? Like, he's he's probably articulating to them, probably in more agricultural terms, right? Because that's just the culture that they lived in. But, man, if, if Jesus, if uh, if me and, and one other friend were walking with Jesus and, and we're, we're just talking about, like, how his life, death, and resurrection, how the history of, of the Jewish people, um, how the Old Testament and New Testament were formulated, how the history of the church went down, how all of that, how all of it leads back to Christ and, and putting it in terms of, y'all know even even some of these sci-fi books that y'all are reading, even some of this stuff that people think is, is not under my dominion domain, I'm sorry, dominion and control, all of it still glorifies me and and man in my mind I'm, I'm listening to him articulate how all of our thought processes all of our creativity all of these like these either false signs or false visitations from aliens or um or even if they're not false but they're they're definitely not god glorifying how even that even those even those visitations from those beings 
points out to the fact that, man, that, that realm is real. There's actually stuff that's happening in that realm. We don't have a, a direct understanding of it, but Christ is still Lord even over that realm where, where those beings have complete knowledge of him but do nothing to glorify him, man. And, and one day for all those that, for all, for all those that, that don't trust to rely in Christ, there's a place prepared where all those demonic forces are going to go dwell and all the people that know of God but have denied God and his glory and his majesty, they're going to go to the exact same place. It wasn't prepared for them. It was prepared for these forces, these principalities. It, it wasn't prepared for people, but as people join in to the rebellion, and they can go be with their rebellion. Even that is Christ glorifying because his justice and his wrath, the goodness of his wrath is on full display. Man, that would, that would be an awesome conversation, man. And, and it's a conversation I, man, I hope to have with God for all eternity. But that's going to be my episode, man. I'm going to wrap it up for today. I hope y'all doing good. Y'all hit me up if y'all need me. Y'all know where to find me. I'm here on the YouTubes. <laughs> I'm here on your favorite podcast, man. I just put out, um, I just uploaded my stuff over at iHeartRadio. So if you know some folks that listen to iHeartRadio, we're over there as well. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I've been putting stuff up on Rumble. I know some... Some uh, some of those folks, they love to see me over there. Like I said, I'm on the YouTubes. Man, if y'all know of a place where you think folks would like to hear some some content like this, y'all let me know. I'll try to get it up over there. Because, uh, yeah, man, we, we want to glorify God in every situation, in every sphere, every culture, every subculture, every hood, every street corner, wherever it is, we want to go glorify God there. And uh, these type of conversations, they help us go to those places, be a part of those communities, and then work our hardest to bring to bring Christ into the midst of those conversations. That's what we want to do here on the Emmaus Proposition. And uh, hopefully y'all enjoyed it for today. Y'all continue to hit me up. Thanks for the likes. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the love. And yo, until next time, I love y'all. Grace and peace.